Hey, hey, listeners, this is the Popcorn and Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Robert Ang. I'm one of your hosts for this episode. With me is my really, really good friend from Florida, Michael Sheehan. What's up, man? What's up, everybody? How you doing? Mike, what, what, what were we doing uh, this past Sunday? Even though we were miles and miles apart, we were kind of talking about a singular event happening. And guess what? We're used to talking about movies and TV, and it wasn't that. What, what were we talking about? We were talking about a four-letter word. G-O-L-F. Golf. <laughs> Honestly, when you said a four-letter word, I go, what is he going to spell right now? I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were we were both uh, simultaneously watching the uh, Open Championship um, after you know a, uh, a three days of leading. Mister Jordan Spieth and Matt Kuchar uh, were the final grouping on Sunday, um, and we kind of both. It's kind of funny. I mean, I don't know if you watched from the beginning of the round, um, but I literally turned tuned in pretty much on the first hole with Spieth and Kuchar um, teeing off. Oh, nice. I tuned in, like, the third hole. I kind of woke up a little bit late-ish. But I'm like, oh, man, the final round, they're about to start. But before we get into this, let's just say that Mike and I both love golf. And Mike has been golfing longer than I have. But we just enjoy golf. We enjoy playing golf. We enjoy watching golf. We enjoy talking about golf. And uh, this is a pop culture podcast. We don't only have to talk about movies, sports, and golf plays a big part in uh, pop culture, uh, community, and society. So we're going to dedicate this episode talking about golf. We're going to be talking about the Open Championship and mainly Jordan Spieth and what, you know, who he is and, you know, what kind of future he has for him. So, yes, Mike, like you said, I didn't watch it from the first hole, but I tuned in probably about the third hole. And then, like, I, I, I think it was the third hole, maybe the fourth, when I tuned it in and he just, like, hits another bogey. And I'm like, uh-oh. And then I see that he drops, like two bogeys in the first three holes or something like that and i'm like whoa what's going on here because he had a three stroke lead i believe going into the final day mike what did you think about his front five six seven ish holes and his kind of like subtle collapse maybe happening right in front of your eyes what did you think you know it's kind of funny like spieth is my favorite golfer and so i've watched him pretty religiously over the past three three four years and um you know, this is, in the last two years specifically, this has kind of been, like, a little bit of a common thread for him. Um, you know, I don't know if it's, I will not want to say it's a confidence thing because he seems to have all the confidence in the world. But he seems to struggle a little bit at certain times and then kind of, you know, not always, but... I'd say more often than not, he tends to rebound. So he kind of goes to these dips, you know, and it just, it was just really unfortunate that it happened on the, you know, the final round right at, you know, the first couple holes, um, you know, he just has this little bad streak and drops a couple shots. And before you know it, you know, they're, they're both tied at eight under, um, and it almost gets to be a question now that, you know, the, the first guy in the clubhouse is sitting in the clubhouse at six under. So there's a good chance. I mean, he starts going to the, to the you know, warming up on the practice round, on the practice field. And you're like, is this going to, are they both, is it possible that Spieth is going to drop to negative six and maybe Kucher will drop a shot or two? We may end up having a three-person playoff, you know, when going into the round, you thought this was Spieth's. You know, he was gonna he was gonna lock this down. So it got to be like real exciting, real fast into you know uh, you know Spieth and, and Kucher teeing off. 
Oh yeah, totally. And like, let's talk about that guy. I don't even know who he's who who he is. Like Lee, I think his name is. He shot like this incredible final round, maybe like eight under to get to six under at the end of the day. And like, he kind of just came out of nowhere. And like you said, yeah, he finished. I think he finished before the the final group teed off. Is that true, Mike or not? Yes, that's accurate. And then yeah, he's sitting pretty at six under. You know, third place while Spieth and Kucher were, were, were beginning their round. And like you said, Spieth was struggling. He dropped, you know, two in three holes. Kucher, I think he might have, um, he was he was at even, I think, for most of the, the, the front nine and everything like that. But like, still, he was only like maybe like two strokes ahead of this Lee guy that just came out of nowhere and shot an amazing round. So it was kind of funny to see that happen and like you were saying like you know speed kind of has his ups and downs he has he's he's just like this roller coaster type of golfer but i think a lot of golfers are um to that aspect he always finds a way though to to compose himself most of the time so you know sometimes he might have he, he does have collapses we all have collapses so let's talk about speed um after the front nine i think this is important uh, i believe it was the 13th hole and let's talk about that hole that you know, we, we we were. This is when we started texting each other, Mike. And then because I'm just like, are you watching this? And you're like, oh my god, this is crazy. And it was just so funny because we were both joking around that like maybe like a hole or two before that they were asked to speed up because you're. I mean, like you said, Speed is your favorite golfer, and you watch him a lot. You know that Speed takes an extraordinary amount of time to play you know he is a slow he, he's what you call a slow golfer right? i think one of the slowest on the tour um that being said mike like come on you want you want to break down the 13th yeah so it, it going back to the 12th though they were asked you know to, to speed up they were something like five minutes off pace which i always think is kind of funny they're the last group on the field I, I don't know why they even bother telling these people to speed up um unless you're really trying to fight daylight you know where like obviously you don't want to be having them on the 18th hole in darkness which maybe is what can kind of came into you know the the television producers minds but from a realistic point of view and, and this will become important again in a, in a couple seconds here but i don't really get why they told them to speed up at all but they did so <laughs> they told them to speed up so we get to the the t at the 13th hole uh, it's a it's an elevated t um and Kucher hits a Kucher's off first. He hits a pretty poor drive, um, and you're like, "Oh man, you know this is Spieth's chance. All he needs to do is get in the fairway, and there's a good chance, you know, that um, he may end up picking up a shot on Kucher." And Spieth hits one of the worst drives I have ever seen on professional golf. You know, from a professional golfer, this thing goes into I don't know if you're going to call it a sand dune per se, but like a, a giant mound of sand and grass um, that is over by the practice field, that is over by where the trailers for the television crews are. I mean, this thing, I don't, uh, I'm still amazed at how the fact that people located this ball because it plugged into the ground in a spot that nobody was because of the elevation. It's a major, like, I'll call it a cliff, kind of. You know, there's this elevated, like, drop-off area. Uh, I, and I just remember thinking, like, okay, there, there goes Spieth. He has officially just lost the tournament. What, what were you thinking at that at that moment? <laughs> well, my first reaction, and like I, again, I don't watch Spieth as much as you do, Mike. But I 
I mean, I he's a great player, no doubt. But I think one of his weaknesses is his driver. Mike, is that confirmed or no? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, like, I guess you could say the weakest part of, of his game, but it's still r- ridiculously strong. Oh, of course. You know, I, in, in comparison to a lot of other golfers. Right, he's a great golfer, no doubt about that, and his weakest part of his game is going to be stronger than most, I get that. But yeah, so whenever Spieth goes up with his driver, I'm always just like, let's watch and see where this lands, because I'm, I'm, I'm usually, he, and he, like, knows instantly when he hits a drive that's not going to hit a fairway, he lets go of it, you know, with one arm, and he's like, four left, four right, and things like that, but this was a different reaction, this wasn't just like, oh man, I missed it, it's in the, it's in the long rough, this was a swing, a miss, and like, he didn't even say four, maybe, he just took both of his hands, and put it on his head, and go, oh my god, what did I just do, and you saw this, this, <laughs> this, first of all, it's left to right wind going on at this, at this, a tee shot, and I'm telling you, like, Mike and I probably still hit these type of shots. Like, this is a crazy slice right. And they, I think they did, like, calculate it. He missed the fairway by 100 yards right. That is, re- he missed, I think, the next fairway. <laughs> the other whole fairway. And was, like you said, on this humongous sand dune that had to have been, like, 20 to 30 feet high. And... I think the announcers even pointed it out, and like what you just said, Mike, is that it was actually a miracle almost that they found the ball, because, and like, he, he should give credit to whoever found that ball, because if he didn't find that ball, he would have been in a lot more trouble than he ended up being into, and I'll let you discuss what happens after that very soon, but yeah, you know, my reaction was exactly like yours, Mike, I'm like, he had a tough front nine, you know, he was able to battle back, get a birdie, maybe, you know, start getting a lot of pars, um, some saves, but yeah, he struggled a lot on his front nine, and it was kind of like he was neck and neck with Kuchar, which makes great television, by the way, no one wants to see a final round with a golfer with a five-stroke lead, like, come on, that's just, no one wants to see that, you want to see it go back and forth, so it was going back and forth between him and Cooch and seeing this shot I'm like oh no this is this is the end of speed because you kind of just thought back to Augusta last year with the 12th where he hits two shots in the water and absolutely implodes so that you know he lost the Masters even though he was up by so much going into the 12th hole there Mike so please just kind of like the best you could you know briefly break down what transpired after that god-awful tee shot from Jordan Speed. Okay, so, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna shorten this because I, I will make mention that from the tee shot to his second shot, there was something like 25 minutes <laughs> went by, which is astronomical <laughs> that, that this much time happened in between these two shots. So there is this just flurry of, of you know, spectators hovering over the ball, Spieth gets to the ball, his caddy, you know, uh, Mike uh, gets to the ball, and they're bringing in officials, and there's just this massive discussion through at least two commercial breaks um, (laughs) where they're trying to figure out, you know, where where he's going to hit this ball from. And they do something called an unplayable, which I'm not even that familiar with because it doesn't happen all that often, but due to an unplayable... um, Basically, he's going to take a, a stroke penalty, but he gets to move the ball 
to a better area. So and it has to be backward on a diagonal line um, from the spot. But where he takes the ball and where he's going to drop the ball, I think is literally inside of a trailer. <laughs> okay, and obviously he can't hit it because there's no line of sight, which is another rule. So he gets to move the ball to a better surface on a diagonal from that point. So all this discussion, you know, the commentators are all confused and trying to, like, look up the rules and study the rules and figure this out. And, you know, the placement of where the ball actually ends up, he ends up hitting it from, you know, the practice range. Um, And one of the things, you know, that all the commentators are like, he should just go back to the tee and hit the ball. And you and I were texting about this, and you said to me as well, he's like, why doesn't he just go back to the tee? And, you know, my answer to you, and I think it's the same thing that Jordan Spieth talks about, you know, at the end of his round, um, he was just closer. You know, he was, if he had gone back to the tee, he loses something like 150 yards of proximity closer to the hole. Um, So it just made sense to just take a shot and, you know, take a swing and see, you know, because he would be that much closer to the hole. and, And this, in theory, would save him a stroke. Uh, so they finally decide to drop the ball on the practice range, and he takes his his three his three wood um, and just hits a shot. And you can tell he doesn't like his shot because he's hitting blind. He's sitting over this massive sand dune that he can't see, and he thinks he just he mishit it. But it ends up being a, a considerably good shot. And he was only something like 50 or 40 yards away from, from the pin, uh, which I was just like, oh, my God. He, you know, he totally basically saved himself on that. What, what did you think? Well, I just want to clarify a couple of things there. Um, I did read up on this a little bit afterwards. And, yeah, so like you said, he was hitting a completely blind shot over this humongous sand dune that his ball kind of lied into. So he had to have his uh, caddy Mike kind of like stand on top and be like the uh, the point where he's just like, you know, where he's standing, that's right to the green. So like, but he couldn't stay there. He couldn't stay there because that is against the rules, but he could line it up. To that point. So yeah, he had his drop in the practice field. He was lining up his shot. He saw where Mike was. He's just like, yeah, you know, you, you hit right over me right now. You're going to get to the green. And But he had to move. So Jordan Sweet lined up. But prior to that, they had a discussion because, you know, the the caddies and the players, they know the they know the courses like the back of their hands before these major championships or every, any course they play. And But you never can really, <laughs> you can never really know the yardage when you hit a shot this poorly. This doesn't not happen very very often so Spieth and his caddy Mike were having a debate about how actual how how far he was actually to the green and Jordan Spieth said that they have a lot of disputes and they talk it out but like maybe nine out of ten times he'll go with his gut feeling and even though his caddy is just like I think you should take this club he's like no I'm right I'm gonna do this and usually Jordan Spieth is pretty head-on um, but for this one, Jordan Spieth said in his gut, he was just like, I feel like I'm 270 yards out. I'm going to use my three wood. And Mike's just like, no, you are not that far out. You are more like 230, 240. Hit your three iron. And Jordan Spieth kind of like almost instantly heard his tone. It was just like Mike was so confident that Jordan Spieth was wrong that he was just like, fine, I'll do what you said. And it goes first. Yeah. First off, like. 
first off, right from, like you said, right from the hit, the contact, he knew he... He instantly knew he missed the mark because he saw where Mike was standing. That's where he was aiming, but he missed it right from the. And he might have hit it, you know, he didn't hit it as pure as he wanted it to. And like you said, it was about 40, 50 yards short and so forth. But that being said, if he did hit his three iron, every, you know, they, they were saying that it would have ended up in the stands, in the bleachers, because 270 was way off the mark. It was actually, Mike was very, very accurate with being about 230, 240 away, which was his three iron. So it's a good thing he, he you know, he thanks his caddy. Obviously, every single round, and, you know, he thanks his caddy. The caddies are a huge part of the team. But it was really, really funny about that. But I remember texting to you, Mike, and I'm just like, you know, this is what Jordan Smith does. It's almost like a Phil Mickelson type of thing. Like, they have whatever it is in their blood where they'll hit a bad shot, but then you they'll erase a poor shot with an incredibly amazing shot. And I, I, you know, we were talking, I'm just like, he's going to end up putting this on the green somehow, and I'm just going to shake my head and say, this might be one of the greatest shots I've ever seen in my life. Surely he didn't do that, but he still saved bogey on this hole, which from the beginning um, of that tee shot, you were not, you were going to, I was thinking like he's going to shoot seven or eight on this part four, but he ended up shooting a five, which really did change the momentum. The fact that he was able to save a bogey on this course, I mean, on this hole meant all the difference, Mike. What did you think about that bogey save? And then you can talk about his next couple holes. Yeah, I mean, the bogey save is huge. I thought for sure he was doing double bogey, and he was going to be tied at negative six with the with the guy, Lee, already in the house. You know, and I was like, Kuchar's going to have a two-shot lead, and that's it. You know, this is Spieth tournament is over. Um, but they get up to that next tee box, you know, and Kuchar hits a, a, a hell of a drive. Um, you know, this is a part three. Um, but Spieth hits a freaking laser, and, you know, almost holes out, you know, almost a hole-in-one on, on the 14th hole. And you're just like, okay, this is incredible, you know. you And you know, I mean, you, I knew that Spieth is going to hit this birdie. Um, and they're going to be back to even. And I was just like, goddamn, Spieth, you genius. You know, you, you master. Um, you know, so he hits it, he, he birdies it. But let's, let's move forward to the next hole, okay, the 15th hole. Um, and this is, in my opinion, and I say, well, I'm sure a lot of the people's opinion, this is what wins him, essentially wins him the tournament. Spoiler alert, he wins the tournament. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, the, we have this par five. Um, he hits a perfect drive. He hits a perfect second shot, and he is on the green for an eagle opportunity. And I'll turn it over to you, Rob. What happens next? Oh, man. He is... And he's known to be one of the greatest putters on tour, if not the best putter. And But just because of his front nine, he was missing very, very makeable putts. And like putts that you and I, Mike, could probably have a good chance of making, you know. But he was missing those. So I'm just like, oh, man, he's off. But, yeah, he had this long putt for Eagle. And we're watching it, and I'm just like, all right, he's just got to, you know, lag this putt, get it close, make a birdie, go on with it. He's going to be birdie, birdie after his bogey, and that's amazing. He's bounced back already. He's back in it. But what does he do? He freaking hits this putt that just has eyes to the bottom of that hole. It, it just it, it drops right there, and he even admitted afterwards that he was shocked that it went in, but he just looked at his caddy and goes, go pick up my ball and let's go to the next hole. He was so pumped right there, and yeah, that that was just... 
that just solidified this this change of momentum, this this comeback after that that bogey on 13, the birdie on 14, the eagle on 15. He was he took that lead and he he just ran with it. He turned it around. He just never looked back. Really, really little that Kucher could do, and it was, and we kind of just like we laughed and we're like, "Yep, this is what Spieth does." You know, this is what Spieth does. He drops a couple, but then he comes back with a vengeance, and he has. He has these intangibles that not a lot of golfers have, and it's amazing because he is only 23 years old, and we'll talk about his accomplishments and his future very, very shortly, but it really just showed in this Open Championship this past weekend how he just has that winning mentality. He has that ability to be so clutch at the most crucial moments of a major, not just any, you know, not just any weekend, not just any Sunday, but the Sunday of the Open Championship to, to, to do what he did. And then golfers and athletes and everyone around the world was tweeting how he, he's just, he's just something else. He is something else. And yes, he ran with it. He ended up beating up uh, Matt Kuchar by three strokes. Mike, I have a question to you. Uh, wait, do you want to add anything to what I just said? Okay, here's my question to you. I love Matt Kuchar. I love Matt Kuchar. I think he is easily one of the nicest guys on the tour. He's just so loving because I love that smile that he hits after every putt, after every shot. He has a love for the game that is unmatched by no one. Um, do you think, though, that maybe if it was someone else other than Matt Kuchar kind of going back and forth with Spieth, do you think that Spieth would have lost? Um, because there are a lot of different personalities on the tour, and I feel like Matt, you know, you know, Matt Kuchar, we know, has never won a major. If it was someone with more of that killer instinct, if it was someone more that kind of like gets in your face, because Matt Kuchar and Speed, they're friends, you know, so, and Matt is probably the, the most gentleman figure on tour. He's not going to get into Speed's face. He even like was just like, hey man, great shot. Like every single, that, that ego putt I went in, he had a big smile on his face when that hit, man. If I was playing against Speed and he hit that eagle, I would have been like, F you, man. Like I would have been so pissed. But like Kuchar was just like, had a big smile on his face. Like, wow, that was a great putt. Do you think though, if it was someone more with a killer instinct, maybe like someone that, I mean, I don't know. I'm not even sure who who else on tour has that killer instinct. Maybe like a, a Zach Johnson, a McElroy type of thing. Do you think maybe the result would have been different? Do you think Spieth would have won no matter what because of that streak he was going on? Or do you think another better golfer in that situation would have took advantage of that poor front nine? Because Kucher did have two putts towards the end of the front nine or the beginning of the back nine that he could have had a two or three stroke lead, you know, come, come after the 12th hole. What do you think, Mike? I, I, it's hard to say, but I don't think I don't think it matters who Spieth was up against. I think Spieth was playing his game. He was focused on him. He's always focused on him. I don't think it matters who you put on the on the tee box with him. Uh, I think he's still going to do what he he's going to do, and, and I don't think it really it, it really makes a difference. Um, let's fast forward. So let's talk a little bit, like real briefly, and then we got to wrap this episode up. But let's talk real briefly about Spieth's future. This is his third major. Um, you know, he's uh, one away from uh, the Grand Slam, right? Yes, he's one away from the career Grand Slam. He only needs the PGA Championship left. And he has come runner-up in 2015, but uh, last year he was tied in 13th. So, yeah, it is coming up, but it is a really, really deep field, Mike. Let's just talk about, I mean, you're a big speed fan. He's your favorite golfer. 
what 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 is his what is his uh, sky like? What, what is his limit? Where, where is he headed? Is he headed towards double digit majors? He has three, and he's only been playing golf on the tour for five years. He's the youngest player to win eleven PGA Tour titles. Um, he's the second youngest player to have three majors, just only behind Nicholas, who is the greatest golfer uh, of all time. Is he going to be our generation of Tiger Woods? Is he even going to reach those levels? Or is just the field too deep? Is he kind of, is he like peaking too early, Mike? Like, what do you, what do you think about the future of speed? I, I think he's a great golfer, you know. <clears throat> Obviously, he's doing all this at such a young age. Um, I definitely, you know, and you've kind of seen the cycle happen with a few other golfers, with McElroy, you know, uh, with Fowler, with Day, um, and, um, you know, I think he's going to win a couple more majors. I I kind of question whether or not he's going to get to double digits. If I had to put an end-all, be-all on, on total major championships, I would put him in the 8 to 9 range. I don't know that he's going to get to 10. You know, I think he's in these savvy cycles. He's going to – there, there's bound to be a couple years where he doesn't win a major, you know, um, and then he'll pop, pop back up and win another. It just seems to be the cycle. You know, I think the field is too deep in a lot of ways. Um, with more and more young golfers coming forward like Rom and – and other guys every every week it feels like um so you know i i don't know i think he's definitely got a couple more in him for sure um even before this win i would have said the same thing um i definitely have a lot of faith in him as a golfer and i think he's gonna I think he's gonna do well so i i would i'm gonna go on record and say i think he's gonna get the nine wins for his career nine major wins Nine majors. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to put a number right now because he is on such an incredibly hot start. Like, three in five years is insane. If he gets the PGA, he'll have the career grand slam sooner than anyone else has ever had it. You know, yeah, the sky's the limit for him. And he kind of talks about his uh, routine and regimen and trying to remain healthy, get his stay mentally healthy, get sleep, get rest and everything like that. Because, you know, sooner or later, especially when you get older, he's still only 23 years old. But when you get older, you know, in your, your 30s, mid 30s, especially when you get to late 30s and 40s, you're going to hit injuries. And he hasn't had any problems with that yet. But then you see a lot of golfers, you know, that get the injuries, especially with their backs. And that kind of could absolutely crush you for the rest of your career. We have, um, you know, you know, still ahead of him is Rory. He has four majors, and uh, he's been playing for two more years in speed. I, you know, but Rory has been struggling, and so has the other top golfers of the world, like Dustin Johnson and Jason Day. But like you said, the, the field is incredibly deep, and it, you, you, it's not too uncommon that every single weekend you'll have someone outside of the top 50 winning these championships and winning these titles. And it's kind of like, that's, that's just how amazing and how fun it is to watch golf. And, I mean, that being said, it's going to be incredibly difficult for Spieth to get to double digits but you know what i'm gonna based on everything that i've seen so far i'm like i have no reason to not believe he's gonna hit 10 he probably he won't hit he definitely won't hit 18 he definitely won't hit 14 but i'm saying like you know like you said the 9 to like 11 range i think it's very very reachable for speed if he just uh keeps up the momentum keep up the good work and he's just an amazing golfer and like i said he has those intangibles that other golfers do, don't he has a killer instinct and his putter is always the best club in his uh in his bag and that is really really important in my opinion mike last words 
um, Ghost Beef. <laughs> I love the guy. I can't wait to see him, what you know what's in, in store for his future. Definitely. Well, thank you for listening. This was the Popcorn and Pop Culture Podcast Sports Edition. Uh, please tune in to our next episode whenever that comes out. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.